Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. And for at least the first little bit of this podcast, I'm going to be riding solo. A lot going on today with the retiring of Larry Walker's number down at Coors Field. He's in town. They've got an early press conference for us. A few different things moving around. So, in fact, we're going to be recording, or I'm going to be recording at least the first half of this show, the first bit here, uh, on my own before the Larry Walker press conference. And then we'll have uh, thoughts and, and feelings and emotions and quotes and all of that from after the Larry Walker press conference from down at Coors Field. And if our schedules and everything work right and there's the time and the right spacing, uh, Patrick will, can be along for that conversation. May have to wrap it up on my own. Well, again, we'll see how the day goes. There's, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to be excited about on the official Larry Walker day here in Denver, Colorado. But we've also got a baseball game to talk about really quick. So I figured I would run through that with you all. Tough one for the Colorado Rockies, a 7-2 to loss at the hands of the San Francisco Giants, who are the first team in Major League Baseball this season to reach 100 wins with that W right there. Very, very impressive. Obviously, uh, you know, nobody had this, uh, even people who may have been, you know, whoever the equivalent San Francisco Giants, uh, you know, Drew Creaseman over there in SFJR <laughs> is, uh, you know, I'm sure there was somebody saying, hey, guys, they might not be terrible. Hey, they might sneak their way in, but they're going to be the best team in baseball by the end of September. No one had that. You've got to tip your cap and congratulate the Giants. You've got to feel a bit for Peter Lambert. Uh, hasn't pitched in Major League Baseball since 2019 after the Tommy John surgery, and hey, welcome back to the bigs, kid. Go and get them. These guys are the best team in baseball. Uh, Tough ask for Peter Lambert, and of course, the very first pitch that he throws uh, goes yard. Tommy Edmond, uh, in every definition of the word, ambushed him there. Uh, You know, we usually talk first pitch fastball, but that's the second time, obviously, that that's happened to uh, a Rocky making their debut. Now, Peter Lambert has made his MLB debut, but it was a season debut. And after a long, long time off, it probably felt in, in some ways like a second MLB debut. Though there really is no such thing. There's the, you, you never forget your first. But, you know, Ryan Feltner obviously had the same thing happen to him earlier in the season, uh, where the very first pitch that he threw at the big league level goes for a home run. And there was that moment there, right, where you go, oh, man, this we could be in for a rough rough one here for Peter Lambert, who, you know, has never had a ton of swing and miss stuff, right? And we knew he was on a pitch count limit coming into the game. And we just know how good the Giants are and how great these some of these particular guys, uh, you know, if I'd have had, I, I wish I would have had the chutzpah to do it. I thought about giving you uh, 
Brandon Crawford. I honestly did as my DraftKings, as a bonus DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week because Patrick had already done one earlier in the week. But I thought Lambert on the hill and he's on a pitch limit, which means we're going to see what we what we ended up seeing, right? The Rockies were going to have to go to a bullpen game, which either means a lot of innings out of a long reliever or several, you know, mop-up innings out of some of these guys who struggled. And we saw a little bit of both of that from Ashton Goodell and Yancy Almonte, right? Both of whom actually... Well, we'll get into that in a minute, but to, <laughs> I'll stick on Lambert. Let me stick with Lambert. So you're, you know, that could have gotten out of hand in a hurry, and, and you could have counted on Brandon Crawford and or Brandon Belt to hit home runs, and they did, right? But it was it was early, really. It was the two home runs that got Peter Lambert. It was Tommy Edmond and, and Brandon Crawford were who got him. Uh, he gave up four hits, only walked one. Uh, which, you know, he he's usually not a guy who walks people. That's not a part of his profile, but at the major league level, that did get to him in his very small sample size so far. But 3.2 innings pitched, four hits, two earned runs, both on solo shots, uh, one walk, and the two strikeouts, which for him, again, is a, is a solid pace. And, yeah, you're not excited about it, and that may end up being, you know, we'll see how much more we, we'll probably get a chance to see Peter Lambert one more time and, but I don't know if he's going to even be at the full, you know, 90. Uh, to, it, might, it might still be, uh, we're going to cut him off around 80 pitches or so. But still, I, you know, it, it's tough to say because he did get absolutely rocked on those two. Uh, and he was hit hard in a couple other ones too. He had a, you know, there's a hard liner from Chris Bryant that Ryan Altapia made a really nice catch on. Uh, he, he had some nice defense behind him. But given the immediate you know, oh my God, I gave up a home run on the very first pitch. Uh, all the things we talked about, he, he kept the Rockies in the game. I was really uh, bummed he couldn't quite finish that at bat in the fourth against Brandon Crawford, right? He'd come up on his pitch count. It was clear, but he was going to give him the opportunity to finish this at bat. Uh, I think he would have preferred to get him out of there at 60. He ends up throwing, was it 65, something like that. Um, yeah, it was exactly 65. And so, you know, he had him in a one-two count, and he threw several good pitches that Crawford swung at and and only got just a piece of, barely tipped him, and then uh, eventually walked him and could not finish his night with, with an out, which was too bad. I wanted to see him get that that final out there, four innings pitch, keep your team in the ballgame. A couple of pretty knowledgeable Rockies fans with a mild standing ovation for Lambert coming off the hill after all that time. And yeah, to really have not pitched in the majors in so long and to go out there and compete with those guys in that lineup. And after getting knocked back a couple of times, I actually was impressed uh, with Peter Lambert. Obviously at some point, you know, you, you do stop looking just for silver linings in these guys, but he's still pretty young. You like, remember where Brendan Rogers was coming into the season with all those giant question marks. Now, Brendan Rogers, of course, is a much more, you know, kind of advanced prospect. But there's a lot of prospects shine on Peter Lambert as well before his major league debut. He had a hell of a minor league career, did Peter Lambert. And so, you know, we're still in that space where you do have to be looking at that stuff a little bit differently in those early small sample sizes. But yeah, going into next year, he's going to need to prove more. But you can still be looking for the small victories with him right now. Uh, Like I said, Ashton Godot was really pitching well the first two innings. He went out and, you know, again, kept the Rockies kind of in the game here uh, with them coming back. And it was a 2-2 ball game through five, Uh, you know, and then the one homer for 
belt in the sixth, and you go, yeah, okay, again, they're they're the better team. They've got the better lineup by far, you know, and we know what Crawford and, and Belt do, but still you're looking at a a 3-2 ball game as you enter the seventh inning here. And Godot had picked up some nice innings, kept him in it, and then just lost it. Uh, then and, and it was a bit of a unlucky right before uh, the Yaz homer because it was the swinging bunt right from Brandon Crawford. The, again, the guy just kills the Rockies, but that ball was like 33 miles an hour off the bat, but the Rockies are in the shift. Even if they hadn't been in the shift, it was going to be a really tough play for Welker, who was playing third base yesterday, to come in and make that play on the bare hand. Very, very tough play. Unlikely to be made. Um, but still, unlucky hit, no matter how you look at it. And then Evelyn Goria with a hard single through the left side, a foot to the left, a foot to the right. That's a double play ball. And, you know, even if yeah, uh, Yaz still manages to take Godot deep, you're looking at a 4-2 ball game. And then you start going to the other guys. And, you, you know, maybe you've, you've got yourself in a better position here to make that comeback. Uh, but, as we all know, didn't go down. Again, 1-2 count, worked ahead, was in a good spot here. And I really thought Godot was going to find a way to get him there. Uh, but a slider or a break, it was a breaking ball. I don't know if it was a slider or curve. Uh, trying to go for the back foot. Got a little bit too much. It wasn't even a terrible pitch. Yeah, it just went down. It wasn't a great pitch by any means. It wasn't a terrible one. Didn't hang right over the middle of the plate by any means. But he went down and got it and and hit it, you know, for the, basically what was the game winner there in the seventh, a three-run shot, and, and that would do it. Uh, it was a little unfortunate to see Robert Stevenson come in and struggle right after that. Uh, Brendan Rodgers committed an error. That inning just kind of got out of hand a little bit. Uh, but not too much because he did end up closing uh, – Closing it, not closing out that inning, shutting it down, getting his three outs. And, uh, you know, after that, Almonte actually did a decent job, only gave up one hit, did walk a guy. So had some traffic, but uh, had a clean inning in terms of runs, which we all know he desperately needs. And then it was uh, it's always fun to see Julian Fernandez go out there and light up the radar gun sitting on 100 miles an hour. Uh, so at least there was there were some fireworks before the fireworks with Julian Fernandez. That was pretty fun uh, to see. And so... Yeah, obviously, offensively, the Rockies didn't get a whole lot going after that first inning. They had uh, singles from Tapia and infield, a couple of infield singles for Tapia in this one. He's still hitting the ball on the ground too much, uh, but at least he was able to get slightly better luck in, in this one. You know, he had some much harder grounders in the Dodgers series. Guys made some nice plays on him. And then these ones, he just hit the ball like into the, the one was a big Baltimore chop. In fact, the Rockies had two of those in the game, Sam Hilliard with an impossible to make a Baltimore chop as well. He had two hits in the ball game. The other one was rocketed though. He continues to have a, uh, you know, those, those rocket line drives get you real excited from Sam Hilliard OPS on the season now up at seven sixty. Rogers with a three hit day. He was by far the Rockies best offensive player in the game. Uh, If those of you that follow the DMVR Rockies Twitter account, uh, saw me tweeting out uh, the exit velocities. Brendan Rogers had, I think, three or four of the top five exit velocities or six in the game. Uh, Cause I know the Brandon Crawford home run and the Chris Bryant out that on the Tapia catch, but Rogers double to left was actually the hardest hit ball in the game and 110 off the bat. He was over hundred miles an hour on his first three hits in the game. Uh, well, and he had three hits. So on his three hits in the game and he made an out that I think was like a 98 mile an hour exit velocity out. So, Brendan Rodgers is hitting the ball very hard, and it's uh, been a lot of fun, a lot of fun to watch. Charlie Blackman with a couple of hits in the game. Uh, They did have that opportunity late where they managed to load the bases 
And, uh, you know, it was kind of interesting. I appreciate Bud Black uh, playing where it could be because I think, you know, opposing managers and there's there'd be talking points nationally, especially in a game where Buddy already started. Again. Now, look, Bud Black needs to start Peter Lambert. The Rockies need Peter Lambert. And sorry, Dodgers or whomever, if you're out there complaining, saying, oh, man, you know, why why do the Dodgers get the Rockies three best pitchers and the Giants get this guy who's making his season debut and is on a pitch limit and is coming off of a surgery and is barely, you know, he's still proving himself at the major league level even before all of that. And yeah, but that's, look, tough. (laughs) That's just how it goes. But he's doing the right thing by his ball club there. But if you, you know, he he pinch hits Ryan McMahon to go right on left there. But I kind of wanted to see Colton Welker in the big spot. And, and you guys know, everyone knows, I'm a big Ryan McMahon guy. And I think he's going to, you know, have big moments in the future. And this isn't even hindsight it, that, that McMahon struck out looking. It was a tough at-bat. It's all right. You know, I, I thought he was on the first pitch. He swung out pretty well. You like his chances better? Absolutely, to put a ball in the gap there. And the integrity of the game, you know, su- suggests that what Bud Black did there was the right thing to do. You go to your the more veteran hitter, the the better, more proven MLB hitter. It's also the left-on-right matchup. They also, you know, play the same position, so it's the most natural kind of thing to do. But I there was a little part of me that just kind of wanted to see if you could spark a little Lodo magic with Colton Welker. Because if he puts a ball in the gap there, you're looking at a 7-4 or 7-5 ball game or puts one over the wall. Now it's a 7-6 game. Uh, and all kinds of... And the crowd was fantastic. There was a massive crowd. And yeah, a lot of them were Giants fans, but a lot of them were just Fireworks fans and Rockies fans who were there. And they were really, I was actually, I'll be straight up with you. I was actually kind of surprised at how pro Rockies the crowd was. We've heard, seen and heard a lot of visiting fans kind of take over the ballpark this year. And that was a big, good crowd that really was ready for the Rockies to maybe make that comeback. And we're cheering on the big catches and the scoring that happened early. And like I said, it was a 3-2 ball game going into the seventh. So while it ended up 7-2 and you go, yep. Giants are the better team. Rockies fade in the end. And that's not untrue. You're still looking at this team that's playing these guys well. See if they got a chance to take either of these next two and do the spoiler thing. Or just, again, less than that, keep proving to themselves uh, individually. Each individual saying, I can hang with these guys. Peter Lambert saying, I can battle that lineup. That's a 100-win that's lineup over there. Those guys are going to the postseason for sure. And who knows what they may do. They may go on a great run. Giants could go and win the World Series. And Peter Lambert can say, you know, yeah, 3.2 innings, 200 runs may not look like the world to anybody else. But I, you know, I got out so-and-so. I'm not going to go down the list of everybody that, you know, he got everybody out at some point, right? Uh, except for maybe Crawford. <laughs> but you, you, you internalize those successes against those caliber of players because you don't know until you get Brandon Belt or Buster Posey or Brandon Crawford or, you, you know, any of these guys, if you're pitching, it's the Dodger or whatever. Until you got in your mind a memory of having gotten those guys out, of having recorded a strikeout against Brandon Belt, like, that proves to you, oh, I know I can do that. This guy's a great hitter. He's a great hitter, but I know I can get him because I have. These are big moments for these guys. So we're going to keep watching them for the next couple of games, obviously. Uh, and we're going to keep 
Well, we're going to keep helping out all of our sponsors. We're going to keep drinking our Breck Broom. We're going to keep uh, subscribing to the DNVR.com so that way you get a bigger Breck Brew down at the DNVR bar. You also get access to the Discord channel. You get discounts on hats and shirts. You get a free shirt when you order the annual. All kinds of fantastic stuff. Do become a member of the family today. And you put in your order at Hassle Cattle Company. Hassle Cattle Company Wagyu beef could change your life. It's changed mine. Don't order beef from the grocery store anymore. Whether you get burgers or ground beef, ground chuck, steaks, bacon, anything, it's absolutely wonderful. It's not going to cost you more than it does at the grocery store, especially if you're buying good stuff. And there's no antibiotics. There's no hormones. None of that garbage. Poisons the animal, it poisons the environment, it poisons your body, bad for everybody involved. Go, I, I promise you, you won't be disappointed. And check out the prices and the promos. You're going to be excited. Use promo code DNVR10 when you go to Hassle Cattle Company. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, cattlecompany.com. Put in your order, use the promo code DNVR10, and if you order over 200 bucks, they'll hook you up with some free shipping. All right, it is now after the speech, and in fact, after the second game in the series, and I'm actually not going to share too many thoughts on what Larry Walker had to say just yet, uh, because I want to get into that with Patrick, and, and I want to have a more complete conversation. I want to do that on the live when all of you out there can share your opinions as well. So make sure that you're with us for the Sunday wrap-up live on YouTube after the giant series is wrapped up and you can leave all of your comments with us there. Of course, special uh, super chats always get a little bit of special attention. But let's go ahead and run over uh, the second consecutive 7-2 to loss at the hands of the San Francisco Giants. Another tough one that looked probably a little bit closer uh, than it was, than it ended up being at the end there. Uh, you know, John Gray came out, got tagged for that run in the first, and it really came down to Brandon Belt, right? He wasn't able to figure out a way to beat Brandon Belt. And Brandon Belt has been uh, one of the best performers from outside at Coors Field of anyone. In fact, I was looking through his stats as he uh, hit the second home run, the big three-run jack that more or less put the game away second time. A lot of eerie similarities between these first two games, them both being 7-2, to two, them being relatively close early on, them basically getting put away with a three-run home run in the middle to late innings there. And so, uh, yeah, as all that was going down, I, I went and took a look at Brandon Belt's uh, career stats at Coors Field, and they're absolutely ridiculous. In fact, every single offensive stat that, you know, is just kind of standard kept on baseball reference. So, batting average. On-base percentage, slugging, home runs, RBI, runs scored, hits, even games played. Brandon Belt has his highest totals in every single one of those categories at Coors Field. Hit his 15th home run at Coors in 75, or I'd have to double-check, it might be 76 ball games now. But yeah, that... Um, He's just an absolute monster here. Now, he is, a, a double-check this, he is a free agent in the offseason. Um, you know, he's he's not exactly a spring chicken. He's one of those guys I'd be looking into. If you can't bring back Crone or or Crone has priced himself out, now, I don't know that I would think Brandon Belt would be uh, actually a bit more expensive, though it'll all kind of depend because he's, um, you know, kind of in that same area but with a little bit more of a consistent track record of hitting well over the last several years. 
Um, but it'll be interesting to see if that's a guy that the Rockies, and again, because of the Coors Field thing, you can add that extra element in there. But a career 125 OPS plus uh, for Brandon Belt. You know, obviously they've got a lot of good things there in San Francisco going on. If they want to bring him back, bring him back. But he's somebody I've I've looked at every once in a while because obviously, you know, watching all the Rockies games, you, you get that. <laughs> We've seen the very best of him. Um, and, and there are times, you know, in his career where he struggled with the strike, like a lot of guys. You know, he's very much a, a modern three true outcomes hitter who's really not going to spray the ball around and give you a Tom in, in, in terms of, you know, batting average and stuff like that, 264 for his career. But you like the 358 on base and all those kinds of things. But he sure is putting on a show uh, this weekend here in this series. That was his third home run of the set. He's always terrorized the Rockies, but particularly at Coors Field. And other than that, John Gray pitched well. You know, he hasn't been, and, and this has been well documented now, he hasn't really been going long, and and he's been over a 6 ERA over his last five starts here. But, uh, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the long season after the short season, guys who were wearing out. We've Drew Goodman was on the podcast the other day talking about some dead arm for Herman Marquez potentially or just running out of gas. And I think we're actually seeing that across Major League Baseball. You can even attribute, well, you want to attribute a lot of what happened to Max Scherzer to Coors Field. I like to attribute some of what happened to Max Scherzer to Colorado Rockies offense. But I think even that in some ways can be, you know, attributed to, it's been a long season uh, right after a, a very, very short one. And, these guys are human beings. The body can't just go and go and go and stay consistent forever. So I kind of figured actually that uh, last night would be the last time we would see John Gray this season. Um, Just because again, you want to keep him going, but you don't want to run him into the ground. You want to stretch him out. You want to get that endurance there so that it's there for next season. But as far as this year goes, you're not too worried about it. He did strike out five and he didn't walk anybody. Those are the two big important things. And all four of the earned runs that he gave up coming on home runs from Brandon Belt. Uh, you know, a frustrating job for him leading up to the Belt home run, uh, letting the bottom part of the lineup get aboard, plunking a guy in a 1-2 count. But other than that, you're still looking at a very, very solid campaign this year from John Gray, something that he should be able to build on. And with him not finishing in this incredible flourish, you know, it, it could be just one further incentive for both he and the Rockies to take it reasonably with any kind of contract extension and offer, right? And and for them to come together and understand, hey, we're not going to pay you super duper star money because we don't think you've quite earned that. And, and I don't think he believes that he's earned that throughout his career. But once again, has shown them his ability to be consistent and to win ball games at Coors Field over the course of a year. So I think if anything, it actually makes the return of John Gray even more likely than say had he pitched absolutely lights out down the stretch. That might have started getting a few other teams, you know, looking over and, and starting to make more aggressive offers that maybe the Rockies wouldn't be able to match. As it stands, I think the Rockies should be in a good position here to be able to retain uh, John Gray. As far as the offense goes in that game, Another uh, two infield hits for Rymal Tapia. It does feel a little bit like the 
the baseball gods are balancing that out for him just a little bit after a couple of weeks of of tough luck. Got one in the air. That was nice to see. Single in the air. We, we've talked a little bit more about that, and I'll dive deeper into in the offseason, uh, you know, why I think Tapia can and should hit the ball in the air a, a little bit more, but we'll, we'll get into all that for now. Uh, you know, it, it was nice to see him contribute a little bit there at the beginning to try to get the Rockies back into it. Uh, another three-hit day for Charlie Blackman was nice to see. You got, uh, but really not much else after that. You know, they had their opportunities. A couple of hits from Elias Diaz. One was a little floater. Uh, I thought Colton Welker hit the ball well. Uh, in fact, throughout his major league career <laughs> so far, his very short major league career, I've, I've thought Welker has taken really good at bats. I like the way he's willing to take the ball the other way. He just keeps hitting line drives right at the right fielder. So I don't know if that's a, just, hey, a little bit one way or the other. You're looking at some doubles or, uh, you know, you, you wonder, does he have the opposite field pop to get that over the right fielder's head? Maybe put one off the wall, put one in the seats over there against major league pitching. We're going to find out. But for now, actually really like his approach uh, at the plate. And like I said, beyond that, you know, the Rockies had their their answer back. <coughs> We've seen them do that throughout this series and really for the last couple of weeks. When they get scored upon, they answer right back. They gave up, you know, Belt got his solo shot in the first inning. Rockies answered back with two and held a, a two-to-one lead going into the fifth inning as, as John kind of settled down. But they had several other opportunities. Uh, it was too bad that on multiple occasions, C.J. Crone, Came up with lots of ducks on the pond. You know, he's been their best hitter all season. He's certainly been their best hitter over the last couple of months or so. And just wasn't able to come through. Ended up leaving eight men on base. Even after uh, the Giants added an additional three runs in the eighth inning against Jordan Sheffield, the Rockies had the opportunity to come back and win the baseball game, right? Loaded them up there in the bottom of the ninth with nobody out. And now you're a a ball in the gap and a homer away from winning the baseball game or, you know, a couple of balls in the gap away from winning the baseball game. And uh, they had the guys up that you want in that situation. It was it was hard of the lineup. Rogers, Blackman, Crone. And they couldn't get any run. They didn't push any across. Uh, of course, now there you're not playing for one. Charlie's not taking the like, oh, I just need to get this thing in the air approach as, as he might've been if they'd been down by one run. So the whole, like they didn't get any is more of an extra twist of the knife than a real like failure of baseball strategy. But it was pretty unfortunate to see him go down just in a strikeout. Uh, and then uh, Rogers with the swinging bunt and uh, yeah. And then Crone struck out, right. I'm trying to remember, or already pop out on the infield, but still, it was, you know, <laughs> yeah, the Giants are obviously the better team. It's interesting to see the way they've pulled away from the Rockies and the Dodgers didn't, right? The way those Dodgers games remained very close, um, despite the fact that Rockies pitching, starting pitching, did give up more runs so far in that Dodgers series, but... This is, I don't know, I feel like we're getting a little microcosm here in the last several days of why the Giants are probably going to win the NL West, despite the fact that the Dodgers have the better roster, in my mind, comfortably the better roster. But it doesn't always work that way, right? We're not just 
it's not a video game. You don't just put up all the best players and then it it works out that way. And you can see here with these, whether it's the clutch moments, you know, you take them back. If if Brandon Belt rolls into a double play right there, we're talking about a very different baseball game, right? Or if any of these times, and this has been true throughout both the Dodgers and Giants series, but plenty of opportunities for the Rockies to just put one ball in the gap or just a little single back up the middle that scores a pair and gets you back into it. But not getting the clutch hit, not getting the veteran play, the veteran strikeout on the other side where, uh, like we just talked about in the bottom of the ninth, it's not just, oh, hey, Charlie Blackman struck out. That's a tough thing to do there in that spot. But Charlie Blackman was struck out by the Giants pitcher, Leon. So, who has, by the way, a 162 ERA on the season. So it's not like the Rockies were the only team who couldn't put some runs on that guy, despite the fact that they were able to load the bases with nobody out. But I mean, just looking down the ERAs of the pitchers the Giants threw out last night. Di Sclafani, 326. Alvarez, 248. Littell, 291. Garcia, 269. Rogers, 210. Watson, 383. Leon, 162. That's ridiculous. I don't know that the Rockies at this point, we know raw ERA is tougher on them and, and the whole thing, and you got to look at plus and all that, but I don't think the Rockies have a single pitcher right now. Maybe a couple guys like, I think Sheffield and um, Robert Stevenson with lower, yeah, Sheffield's got a 351. Lucas Gilbreth at 366. But again, John Gray, 422. Um, Bard, 502. Kinley, 459. Julian Fernandez, 953, right? So the Giants throwing out every single one of their pitchers in the threes or twos, except their closers in the one. And the Rockies had their chances out there. But that's, that's how you win baseball games, right there. Absolutely clutch pitching from the San Francisco Giants. And you've just got to kind of tip your cap to them and say, yep, that's why you guys are a 100-win baseball team. Because there were maybe three or four pivotal moments in that game, the belt three-run jack that could have gone the other way. Like I said, sometimes with the Rockies loaded the bases that could have gone the other way. But the Giants won every single one of those moments. And this is why we talked about, like, the Rockies could have swept the Dodgers, right? Because the Rockies probably won more of those moments than the Dodgers did during that series. But this is absolutely wild. Think about it this way. The Giants and the Rockies have the exact same number of hits so far in this two-game set. 20 two apiece and last night it was 11 hits for the Rockies 11 hits for the Giants it's about when they came it's about the context of what's delivered so you've got in fact back-to-back games where both teams got 11 hits but the Rockies only scored two runs and the Giants scored seven they do that a third time in a row. We're going to have to call Elias. We're going to have to get Patrick on the phone and figure out what exactly is going on with that. Because it's just super bizarre to see back-to-back games where a team gets 11 hits and only scores two runs. And the other team also gets 11 hits and puts seven runs on the board. Um, and, of course, we know the home run ball plays a big part of that. That's another thing you can see the modern game of baseball uh, pretty well on display here as the San Francisco Giants go up to the plate looking to hit the home run ball. And it works for them. It it very obviously does. You know, it's not a strategy that I am 
absolutely in love with. And I do think that there are ways that we can incentivize other strategies being a bit more viable. I've talked about banning the shift and stuff like that because I don't especially love the style of baseball where you just try to walk or hit a home run and you basically throw out the idea of even trying to get a, a base hit or build a rally on a bunch of hits. And so, but yeah, but it's, it's done that way because it's viable because it's smart and it, and it works and it's working very, very well for the San Francisco giants right now uh, with their home run lineup. And so we'll see what happens on the Sunday wrap, but you just got to tip your cap, man. They're the best team in baseball for a reason. And, you know, like I said, while we can do all of the silver linings podcast bits about the Dodgers series saying they were right there, they could have swept. They really could have swept the Dodgers. They they honestly should have swept the Dodgers. They outplayed them. I felt like in all three games, whereas in this giant series, I can go, yeah, they're, they're, Playing them better than the final score looks. There's, you know, uh, realize that these games are close going into whatever, but they just got there early. They just got up, they got outplayed. They got beat straight up. Nothing to look at. And and there were some, by the way, there were a couple of really terrible, terrible ball strike calls last night. Uh, particularly one on Jordan Sheffield that I think basically led to that entire three-run uh, eighth inning for the Giants. But again... Am I making as big a deal about that as I did the Ed Hickox game for the Dodgers? Absolutely not. Why? It wasn't as big a deal. It's roughly the same reason you don't make a big deal out of an error in the third inning where your shortstop boots one. If you win the game 8-1, to no one's going back and saying, oh yeah, but your shortstop made one mistake or whatever, nobody cares. It didn't impact the game. Not a big deal. Uh, So when a home plate umpire misses a call like he did last night, yeah, it made it harder for the Rockies to make a comeback, but he didn't, you can't really say he cost the Rockies the game. Where the Ed Hickox call, you you could argue that that was the most important play of the game. And also, Jim Wolf was mostly pretty good behind the plate last night. He just missed a couple of key ones, whereas Hickox had an abhorrent game top to bottom. He'd been getting yelled at by Kyle Freeland innings before he ended up blowing the game for um, Chassin. Uh, so, yeah, it took me a second to remember who was on the mound. So, yeah, there it is. <laughs> there, there's the, the baseball update on the field. Uh, not so great. Obviously, yesterday was really much, much, much more about off the field and, and Larry Walker and all of that great stuff. So we're going to have an opportunity to get into that. Like I said, on the Sunday wrap, make sure you're listening to that with us. Make sure that you are subscribed to the DNVR.com for all of that content. Plus, you get discounts on hats and shirts and masks. You know all the good stuff that you get for being a member. Uh, you also get to come and hang out with us, like down at the tailgate parties, all kinds of cool stuff like that, and you can get yourself, um, I'll do this one, get yourself manscaped, get out there, get manscaped, feel good, feel clean, get the best tools for your family, jewels, and get 20% off, plus free shipping with the promo code DNVR at manscaped.com, 
that lawnmower 4.0. It's got a 7,000 RPM motor, wireless charging, a travel lock. Gives you the ability to get an LED spotlight on and off when you need it for that more precise shave. You got to get nice and smooth, fellas. It's going to make you feel better. They've got stuff that's going to help you smell better. they got some of the most comfortable boxers you've ever worn in your life. So, again, if you want to feel like your absolute best, head to manscaped.com. And don't forget to use promo code DNVR to get 20% off plus free shipping. All right, like I said, tune in for the Sunday show. Make sure that you're following us live. Make sure that you're uh, following along. we got one left against the Giants. Then the three last home games of the season. It'll be Fan Appreciation Day on Wednesday. Always some great stuff going on when they do that, handing things out. Uh, And then they wrap up the series in or the series the season the whole damn season in arizona that is of course assuming that the philadelphia phillies don't go on some kind of run and force atlanta into uh having to play the Rockies. really force the rockies into having to fly to atlanta and play a game 162 otherwise we're ending at 161 games this year it's been nothing if not absolutely interesting and wildly entertaining uh all season right folks so Appreciate you hanging in for this one a little bit shorter, a little bit uh, just on the nose about these last couple of games. I promise we'll do all the Larry Walker stuff and the full series wrap up with Patrick uh, on Sunday afternoon live on YouTube and all that stuff. So make sure you're hanging out with us. Make sure you're continuing to be absolutely awesome baseball fans out there. I promise you to continue being absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we'll see you at the ballpark.